social, impact, everywhere. Welcome back, my fellow social impactors, to another episode of the Social Impactors Podcast. And today we have another guest for you. We have Tanya Delmato. She's the director of the Greenhouse Innovation Committee at the University of Waterloo. And I'm super excited to get into this because, A, love what Waterloo's doing. It's, you know, the innovation region of, of Ontario, but also this perspective of innovation and greenhouse and environmentalism. So uh, let's jump right into it. But Tanya, first, I just want to say a big thanks for being with me here today. Well, it's my pleasure to be here with you, Avery. Yeah. So let's jump into the first question. And the first question I have for you is just to expand a little bit on who you are, what you do, and why you believe you're a social impactor. Yeah, yeah, I guess my, I, I would say my career in sort of the, the broad space um, started probably, you know, um, in late high school, right? And even I could trace it back before that to um, high school when I first learned about um, global issues like uh, a hole in the ozone layer, et cetera, right? And just being um, really interested in, in trying to understand why that was the case and, and, um, and how we could as individuals um, contribute to a more uh, sustainable world. Um, I ended up doing a, both an undergrad and a graduate degree at the University of Waterloo in that space um, with a unique twist in terms of trying to blend both the, the business side as well as the, um, as well as the environmental side. So I did an environment um, and economics degree as an undergrad, and then I went on to do a um, few years of work in between in the space, but then came back and did a, uh, a graduate degree in kind of the field of uh, sustainable business. Um, I ended up starting my own thing uh, with a colleague of mine, uh, and we ran that uh, organization for about a decade called My Sustainable Canada. And the gist of that is that we were looking to empower both um, individuals um, as well as organizations and how they might um, vote with their dollar, if you will. So. Um, so those goods and services that we're purchasing in the marketplace, how can we do that in a more purposeful way with a, a lens towards um, environmental sustainability, but also social justice as well. Um, and then I got a call one day um, from the University of Waterloo, um, my old uh, uh, department there, Faculty of Environment, they were running a uh, pitch competition uh, for young people called the Jack Rosen Award. And for those of your listeners that may not know, Jack Rosen was actually um, one of the founding fathers, if you will, of the Blue Box program. Um, and of course, a well-known um, uh, program now in terms of how, how, do we, um, how do we engage with homeowners on, on reducing um, and recycling waste. And I jumped at the opportunity to kind of, uh, the invite was, hey, can you come and you know, share your experiences as a, as a social innovator entrepreneur? And uh, it was one of the first opportunities, actually, uh, to kind of take a pause and to say, hmm, um, yeah, what has this journey been like um, um, for myself in particular, right, in starting um, and engaging in the space and, and, and starting new things. So it gave me an opportunity to kind of storytell on that. And, um, and then as a result, when I was there um, delivering that presentation, um, as luck would have it, um, as the universe unfolds, there happened to be someone in the audience uh, from St. Paul's University College, which is an affiliated institution at UW, who was really interested in um, looking at launching a new innovation community 
uh, for social innovators um, and entrepreneurs. And so we had a quick chat after that uh, presentation and I got really excited because I thought, wow, I wish I had something like like that when I was an undergrad um, and just the, you know, the opportunity um, while you're in university, right, to pursue your interests and to, to start new things. And so it quickly became this conversation um, uh, after that about how, how we might get something like that off the ground. And, um, and I decided to um, take on that role on a kind of a part-time basis. We initially were calling it a pilot project. Let's launch this thing called Greenhouse. Um, which is a meta metaphor, basically, for for um, helping people um, start new things in the social impact space. And uh, it quickly snowballed on us to to a point now where we you know we support every term about uh, seventy young people um, starting new things, whether it's uh, new ventures, um, new policies, um, or more grassroots kind of um, things as well. So that's kind of a little bit about me and um, I'm sure we'll dig into it a little bit more. So, so holy, ha holy heck, <laughs> 70. So <laughs> yeah, you're telling so me that, that this program offers 70 entrepreneurs, social innovators, the chance to really build on their ideas. Yeah, we have, we have, wow. it's grown, obviously. Like when we first started Humble Beginnings um, in the fall of 2013, we had about um, a dozen or so um, undergraduate students that signed up for this thing um, that no one was really sure like how it was going to go, right? Um, myself in particular, like what, what do these young people want to do? What kind of supports do they need? Um, what can they do while they're also doing their undergraduate degrees, right? So we, we kind of learn, learn from our students as we went along. Um, and then fast forward six years later, we actually now have two um, sort of distinct cohorts of students that we serve. Um, we still maintain our, our flagship program, which is called Innovators in Residence. And that's really um, for those students that have you know, a fire in their belly. They, they want to start something on their own. They're trying to tackle a problem that they, that they likely have a direct lived experience with in some way. Um, and they get resources and support and, and also get to live with their peers um, and moving those initiatives forward. And then we, um, in the last year and a half, two years, we saw a need to, to jump into the space of more um, entrepreneurship, if you will, in that there's a, a lot of young people out there that want to do things that are meaningful, uh, want to do things in the social innovation space, but don't necessarily know like, what's needed. And, uh, and we were finding that there's a lot of... Um, organizations um, here, here locally, um, but beyond Region Waterloo as well, uh, that are really uh, craving for innovation, right? They're, you know, they're delivering um, goods or services. The demand for those goods or services is, is skyrocketing in the social impact space. Um, and yet they may not have the, um, the capacity to kind of um, expand their impact or address that increasing demand. So, so we find it kind of found a home for a, and, and a space for a new group of students to kind of join in um, as workplace innovation teams, kind of take a multidisciplinary approach and work on a specific um, innovation that they could launch within an organization. So that's, um, so that's kind of the other side um, uh, of what we now do, which, which has allowed us to get to that number um, that I described earlier um, in terms of the number of students that we can support. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> absolutely incredible, honestly. And, and I'm used to hearing, you know, these kind of programs have, you know, 20 or 30 um, uh, 
people go through it, but uh, 70 is, is quite staggering. Um, so yeah. I think yeah. this next question kind of will help explain a little bit more because the, you've, you've shown, just showcased how incredible it is, but it always has to come back to doing something uh, better for the world, right? Yes. So, so the question I have is, <laughs> how are you then making a positive impact in your community with what you do? Yeah, like me personally, the, the way I view sort of my role in all this um, is kind of, I'm, I'm the, we kind of set up the, um, the infrastructure, if you will, right, to support young people in um, not only realizing their, their own potential um, as leaders and, and, and creatives and whatnot, um, but also um, I play more, I do allocate probably roughly, depending on the week, 25 to 50% of my time um, dedicated to kind of getting my hands in there too in, in terms of being a direct um, mentor and coach for these folks, um, as well as I see my role and my contribution towards this as being the, the bridge, like the connector. So, um, so one of the secret sauces, if you will, of what we do at Greenhouse is that you know, we're leveraging that um, huge creative potential that young people have. And I often tell members of our community, um, one of our um, um, advisors, Ilona Doherty, she's, she's done a lot of work in, um, in summarizing kind of the, 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 um, the, the brain's um, capacity for innovation. And as human beings, I guess the science indicates that we sort of peak um, in terms of our creativity between the ages of 14 to 25, right? When I tell community members that, they kind of like, they shrug their shoulders and go, oh shoot. Um, but at the same time, it's like a really unique opportunity to um, engage with young people and kind of create these intergenerational um, connections where we can really tap into those new ideas, that fresh way of, of, of thinking and doing um, with those out in the community that have the the lived experience of, of, you know, one or more decades, but also what those folks have, of course, is access to connections and networks, right, that can then take ideas and, and ensure that those ideas have influence, right, and get into um, the organizations and the people that can, that can, um, can scale some of these ideas and have influence. So I think you need, you need both. And I see myself as kind of being that broker, um, if you will, in taking the the network and connections and relationships I have, and and leveraging that to create opportunities for um, for our students in terms of getting connected with the right people, um, and that's super helpful both from a helping them validate the problem that they're trying to solve, but also um, getting those connections so that they can go out there and actually test um, their ideas, right, and and refine them with with partners that. Um, that are strategic in nature and, and, and it will lead to, should that idea have value, it will lead to impact as a result of that connection and relationship. So. Hmm. Okay. Wow. So how long have you been doing this kind of work then? I know you've been with the greenhouse for, you know, roughly six or seven years now. You built your own company and ran yeah. that for, you know, a decade. How long has yep. this been accumulating or how long have you been in the space as a leader? Yeah, I would say it, it started as a young person. I would say it um, it started with one of the first roles that I had uh, working for a national nonprofit organization called the Canadian Center for Pollution Prevention. And they were originally started with um, 
through some significant funding and support through Environment Canada. Uh, that organization was, its mission was to help businesses um, as well as other organizations in the space think about um, more uh, cleaner production practices, if you will. So our goods and services that are manufactured and produced, how can we re reduce the, um, the, the wastes um, that are associated with that, uh, with the eye of prevention and, and, and looking at design and how can we kind of close some of these, these loops, if you will. So I was involved in, um, in that organization for almost 10 years um, and kind of started as, you know, a project coordinator um, and got my hands right in there in terms of research and then helping design programs and starting to build um, networks as well, because it was a national organization, we also had the opportunity to um, connect more globally too, and, and help build capacity um, in other areas of the world as well. And um, and it was in an era though where, um, and it's interestingly enough, it's kind of informed some of the advice that I give our students now too, is that that organization was heavily tied to things like grants, right? Um, and um, and of course, when um, there's shifts in, in government, um, shifts in um, sort of priorities, um, you can be quite vulnerable as an organization, right? In terms of your ability to sort of sustain the impact that you want. want. Um, so towards the, towards the end of that 10-year uh, period, like we really had to sharpen our saws in terms of um, being more entrepreneurial um, and, and coming up with new ways of, 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 of launching and serving this community um, in a way that was financially sustainable as well. So, so that gave me a lot of experience on, on that too. And I think more broadly, the, um, the nonprofit space more broadly and how we, we really need um, to more broadly ensure that talent going into that space um, has that entrepreneurial mindset so that we can kind of financially sustain the impact of those organizations. And then similarly, like there's so, so much blending now going on, right? So now we have B Corps and other entities that, um, that are on a, a for-profit um, structure, which is fantastic. Um, that in, you know, that serve those, those values as well. So, um, so it's definitely the space has evolved, certainly, but those were sort of the early days of my exposure to the space, if you will, um, and how to really make sure that um, when you're, you're designing um, things that you have that dual value proposition and that you have a, a business model or several business models that will keep you resilient um, through the um, ebb and flows of you know, government um, changes and policies and things like that. Yeah, that's one of the most important ones is you need to be able to make yourself um, not only sustainable, but easily, easily able to weather those those transitions, right? That volatility that might exist. Absolutely. Yeah. So this question, the next one's going to be quite obvious for you, but I still want to ask it because it's, <laughs> I, I find it's, an, it's a powerful question if you dig deep with it. And yeah. so the question I have is, do you believe this idea or this movement or way of being of social impact. Do you believe social impact is an important part of business? Yeah, it's necessary, right? Um, it's absolutely necessary. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, 
and from from the business community side of things, right? We we all, you know, at the end of the day, when you strip away all these different entities and organizations, um, we're all citizens on this planet, right? And I think each and every one of us, you know, obviously there's a continuum um, out there in terms of values and, and and whatnot. But I think at the at the heart of it, each and every one of us wants to see. Um, you know, our, our future continue and be prosper, you know, we have prosperity, um, and that we, that we make things better for the next generation, right? And I think we're in a really, um, a, an exciting time where we can kind of start to, to, to reframe these, these systems that we've created over the last couple hundred years, right? And see how we can change them to make them more um, socially just and equitable. And I think business plays a huge role um in that right um bringing together those sort of those entrepreneurial tools that problem solving mindset right um and then i think we also just have to be mindful that at the end of the day there's something that we just can't um we can't create a uh, a business to solve and and what i mean by that and and um and some of our students are are, ch are challenged with that is if 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 you're delivering a, a service or a product to a, a vulnerable population that might not have the financial capacity to pay, you've got to figure out another way um, to make that happen, right? And there's, of course, um, emerging spaces out there in, in, um, in social finance and, and you know, how might, um, how might social enterprises kind of step in to deliver goods and services in a more effective way than government programs might. And so there's lots of opportunities there. Um, so, so we need to think about that too, right? There's definitely a huge role business can play, but then there's also um, these other pieces where, you know what, we need broader um, policy shifts as well, right? Where, where government is still important um, in many ways um, to make some of this transformational change um, happen right and certainly businesses can play a role in that um, and I've personally seen it's quite interesting a number of our students that launch businesses they end up also taking on the hat of um, once they start to get more um, networked and established they see opportunities where they as as um, as business owners if you will can influence and advocate right for broader uh, policy change as well so um, yeah, so it's just, a, it's an interesting time to be in this space, right? But I think, yeah, at, to, to your original question, um, it, 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 it's necessary. Um, embedded mm -hmm. in what they do, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. And, and the, the guests that come on this podcast, I mean, I think every single one of them in some way, shape or form has said the exact same thing, that it's, it's absolutely necessary. But it's always interesting seeing the perspective of each person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Huh. So this question is going to kind of open up to, we've talked about business. We've talked about, you know, your, your personal self, what you do, but this question is going to be for the audience. And so the question I have for you is for people listening, how can they begin to start build building an impact in their communities? How can they start building an impact in the world? Yeah, yeah, no, this is a this is a very good question. I mean, it's got goosebumps on my arms right now. Just thinking about it because, oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of these sorts of chats with community members and uh, young people all the time, and and part of it is it's like it starts with you, right? 
um, and learning more about um, and unpacking sort of what is meaningful for you. Um, because that at the end of the day um, is what is the energy <laughs> that's going to carry you forward in in making a difference and um, and making a difference can happen on many different levels, but but it starts with asking what's meaningful for you. And so um, so with our young people, like we unpack these conversations all the time in terms of like what's your why and 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 having them reflect on their their lived experience to date and are there their threads of that lived experience that they can they can use to sort of identify where they might make an impact, right? Um, and then also, of course, taking stock of what uh, skills and abilities you have um, and, and how much time you can allocate towards this as well um, in your day-to-day. -day. So I would say like as individuals, like sort of reflect on what's meaningful to you, what, what networks you might already be plugged into, if you want to get into a space that you haven't gone into before, the best way to do that is get out there and actually look towards other organizations that might um, might even have like volunteer opportunities, right? Just so you can kind of get some exposure in that space before um, before maybe more fully jumping in um, with 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 new ideas and whatnot. So. Um, yeah, it's just a question of like get involved, and uh, and a lot of that's going to be guided by um, what's meaningful for you, right? Um, but there definitely are a plethora of of ways to get engaged. Um, so in fact, there's probably way more ways to get engaged than it can be overwhelming sometimes, right? So, um, uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It gives everyone a, a choice and option on how they might get get involved, um, and you can do even simple things like. Um, some of the things I'm fortunate in the role that I that I'm in, I'm helping people a lot, right? One on one. So even if you know you, um, if you're someone who is more experienced, reach out to the um, get connected with a young person and and sort of connect as a mentor, right? Even even um, sharing what you've learned so far, right, uh, will definitely um, be useful and have an impact as well. So mm, it all starts with you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. So Tanya, I just want to finish this podcast off by saying um, a really big thank you for being with me here today. Uh, and also just bringing your insights, especially because you've been in the space, you know, for, for uh, quite a while now and leading such incredible change and you're, you're helping the next evolution or next generation of entrepreneurs come up with more holistic ideas. And I think that's one of the most important things. It's changing from traditional business lens to how do we make business better, but also help, right? So yes. I, again, I just want to say a big thank you for being with me here today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to, uh, yeah, to share our story. And uh, yeah, big shout out to the listeners out there as well. Feel free to reach out anytime.